And you guys are in charge of my, um, my things today. You got it? Good. Today I want to talk about our conduct during the conflict. Now, listen, if we hear everybody right, we know everything goes, this episode is going to end. All right? So hold on to that. It's going to end. You want some bad news? Something else is going to come. It's going to happen. It doesn't have to be a virus. It could be a situation. I mean, my goodness, we got an election coming up at the end of this year. We've got a lot of stuff going down. So the question is, I want to talk today not necessarily about the coronavirus. I want to prepare us to say, how do we conduct ourselves during any type of conflict? What, what occurs during that time? And it's interesting. Abby, if you could put the verse up for me. There's a verse that follows this. And I want you to look what it says. Be happy if you are cursed and insulted for being a Christian. Now, not the verse you really want to come. It's I came all this way, Pastor. But it says, for when that happens, look what it says. The Spirit of God will come upon you with great glory. Now, did you know? Maybe you heard it. But when you are cursed and insulted for being a Christian, for when that happens, the Spirit of God will come upon you with great glory. You realize that there are countries today that their Christian churches are meeting what we call underground, in secret. This is a good day for them. What's happening with, with the numbers? There's people that are dying literally dying because they are a Christian. But this is what happens during the conflict. When you're insulted, when you're cursed, when you're, because you are a Christian, God's glory comes upon you even greater. That's why we have to be careful during conflict. The things that we prayed for, Pastor Jamie's encouragement about not giving into fear, Pastor Walter's about God's healing, Guys, this is a moment when the church of Jesus Christ rises up. Let me tell you another, let me tell you another silver lining for the churches that are webcasting, because some may have a problem with that. Say, so, well, they're, they're giving, blah, blah, blah. Do you realize the more churches that know how to use the web, and I'm working with my son Nick on that, okay? Do you realize the more that have and can do this? Realize that there are more and more people in countries, third world countries all around that can get the gospel of Jesus Christ? Do you realize that that word can go out more and more? I was shocked to hear this statement. One of the former pastors of Full Gospel Church, Pastor Pettibone, it would have been before you, Rach, he was here a couple of years ago. I don't know if you ever met him. He came by and, and he said, um, you know, he, he we took a little tour. It was so good to meet him. He talked about his two years here. But he is a follower, or he, he watches our video series, Just a Minute, okay? And, you know, oh, that's good. Yeah, I did it for our people, and, and the, you know, people watch it. He goes, your people? He goes, Ron, I'm a missionary. I'm a missionary. I hit countries all over the world. He goes, Ron, when I hit that button, share, Uzbekistan, Russia, 
He's naming like seven or eight countries of people that are getting that. Forget me. Do you understand that there are people that are following him, that are listening and hearing the gospel, and they may be sharing it. This is the point I'm saying. In everything in God, when all these things happen and the Spirit of God comes on, there could be a true outpouring through the Internet of the glory of God. There's been, an, uh, there's been an outpouring of porn through the Internet, hasn't there? There's been an outpouring of wrong information through the Internet. How about an outpouring of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Because more churches are preaching the word of God, and it's available to more people. God can do amazing things, even in the midst of when we say, God, what's happening? So I want to quickly, and, and we've, we've got a few minutes, and that's okay. God's just, this, this, is, this has been incredible. Just an incredible day. I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 7 because I want to look at someone who had a conflict that it cost him his life. And it was disciple Stephen. We know Stephen did works. He did a lot of great things for the gospel. Great things for the gospel. But there were some people that were very unhappy about that. In fact, it says, I'm just going to, if you look at verse 51 of Acts 7, it says, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in your hearts. You always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one, of whom you now have the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the direction of the angels and have not kept it. He's telling these guys right before they're thinking about whether they're going to kill him or not. Not a, not a way to prove your case, huh? But you got to understand, when we talk about divine opportunities, we're talking about this situation, no matter what comes our way next. What can we learn from it? What can we take through it when we go through a conflict? Maybe the coronavirus, in a sense, is nothing compared to what you're going through personally today. Maybe you've been going through a relationship issue for years, an addiction issue. Maybe there's a million things going through. What can we learn? Real quick, I'm going to bring you to three things, and I want you to look at verse 54 of Acts 7. It says, now when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed at him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And said, look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Abby, first a slide if you would, please. We will never be alone through the conflict unless we choose to be alone. Let that sink in for a moment. Think, think about that. We will never be alone unless we choose to. Now, it's interesting because... We're talking, and people are talking about self-quarantine and isolation. And we say, well, i got to be away from everybody. But even in those days, we don't have to be alone if we invite the Holy Spirit of God and put our focus totally on him. They were outraged, the Sanhedrin. They were done. In fact, you know what's interesting about that? Just a few years earlier... The same statement that Stephen made, somebody else made a very similar statement. I'm going to read that statement to you. It says, the statement was, I am 
and you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. You know who made that statement? That was Jesus, right before his death. And he said, are you the Messiah? So the council basically said, not again. Here we go again. We're not going to do this. We're going to silence him like we silenced that Messiah. And they didn't silence that Messiah. But what's the joy of saying that we, we, we will never be alone? Stephen made a very interesting declaration. If you look at those verses again, look at what he says. It says in verse 56, look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Now, when you read the Scripture, most times or not, you actually hear about Jesus seated at the right hand of God. I want you to think, though, about a host. If someone were to come into your house, okay, what do you normally, now, if you're not the rudest person on planet Earth, or you really don't like them, if someone comes in your house, Nick, if you were to, because I like you, Nick, so we'll put that in there. If you were to come into my house, and I was sitting down at the table, I would stand and greet you. Say, Nick, how you doing? And everything else. I want you to put that in a perspective, guys. Stephen said in the midst of the conflict, in the midst of the trial, he saw Jesus stand and greet him. Angeline, you know what I believe and trust in my heart? This whole episode with Seth? I pray that in his last few breaths on earth, with his eyes closed, I pray that Jesus stood up. For me, that's, that's the vision I want to see. I want to see Jesus standing saying, Ronnie, come on. I'm not going to be able to stop it. There's nothing at that point I can do. But to have the assurance that Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God, would stand up and welcome me? How much more will Jesus want to be with me here on planet Earth to help me through situations? That's why we can endure this. That's why we can get through this. Whatever is coming, the panic and the hysteria and everything there, we can do this because we know we're not alone. I told our staff, I told um, our, our deacons, I don't know what's going to happen next week. But it was very important for me, for me, Ronnie, to have this place open. Not so I could go proclaim to the world, look, look, no fear. No, it wasn't that. It was to come together because I know what happens when we come in the presence of God. And God showed himself today. Man, if you missed it, get on your hands and knees before God tonight and say, Lord, I don't know what pastor was talking about. Because I'm going to tell you, as a worship leader, that was one of the most precious times of worship I have experienced in many years here. There was a purity to that. Because you came here with an expectation of saying, I'm going to worship God. When you come with that expectation, forget all the rules. God does amazing things. So we will never be alone through the conflict unless we say, God, I'm going to let fear, I'm going to let concern, I'm going to let my own way handle this thing. Thank God Stephen did not go that route, glory to God. Now look at verse 57. Go back to your Bible. 
And it says, and they cried out with a loud voice. This is after he saw, by the way, he saw, he said, I see Jesus standing at the right hand of God, which bugged them even more because they thought that this whole Jesus thing was over. Well, they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, and ran at him with one accord. They all came. And they cast him out of the city, and they stoned him. And the witnesses laid their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on, the, on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Go to the second one, Abby, if you would. Please, thank you. Our worship to God should still be the foundation during the conflict. Listen, I'll get amens on that, but let's face it. When you're in the hole, when you're down, that's where I believe help my unbelief comes in. Because it is hard. It is difficult. And it's supposed to be because it increases our faith. That's why this was an exercise in our faith coming in. You know, it's interesting to note that Jewish custom, now listen to this, prescribed that the condemned be given an opportunity to confess his sins on his way to execution so that he might share in the world to come. That's the tradition. You know what, Matt? They didn't even give Stephen that. They didn't even give it to him. And they were so angry and they were so mad that they actually took the stone. Now, now listen to this. This is, this is boy, I'm glad we don't follow this, honestly. The Mishnah tells us that the drop from the stoning place was twice this height of a man's height. So you're talking about when they threw him in a pit and they began to stone him with these large rocks, it was from 10 feet up. Think of the, the acceleration, everything coming down, hitting him. And then, I don't want to get too graphic with you, but you just got to understand the rage. And then they would turn him on his back. And if he died from the fall when they threw him in, they were happy. But if they didn't, then they'd begin to stone. And they would just keep going until everything was there. The Bible doesn't say they did that. It says they went in and they just started stoning him. That was the rage. That was the anger. That was the chaos. That was the hysteria. I never thought in my life, honestly, and I mean this with all sincerity, it's not a joke, it's real. Ready? I never thought I'd see a day that toilet paper would be the thing that'd be run out of stores. I, I just have to be there. I'm not saying this. I'm not mocking. It's this. I, I'm amazed. I get it. Trust me, I get it. But I went in yesterday, I went in shop, right, and I was crazy. I, you know what? I went in about, Mary and I went there about 3 o'clock. And I'll tell you what, for those that visit ShopRite on a typical Saturday, it really wasn't that bad. But all the shelves, man. Right. That's, that's the fear. That's what I'm saying. That's right. <laughs> they said they should have run to church, not the toilet papers. <laughs> Good job, Sal. But you know, the truth of that is looking at it, the shelves were still unstopped. I mean, it was just empty and everything. But, but that's where mass hysteria takes over. You think you're losing everything. That's where 
This, this is the concern. Our worship to God still should be our foundation during the conflict. I heard of a, a Jewish man, one of the Jewish uh, chiropractors in town. Now, this is, this is hard. You ready? Get, I'll get off the toilet paper in a moment, okay? I just got to mention them. He bought extra rolls, and he put them in his office. You know why? Because if he overheard any of his patients saying that they couldn't get any, he had a roll or two that he would give to them. That's the point we're making. Mass hysteria wouldn't give us that. It was, I'll take it. Don't tell anybody we got it. In fact, I told my daughter that I actually have some left. And if my son, Nick, when he comes, um, if he needs some, he's got to pay for them. <laughs> Liz, did I tell you that this morning, Liz? Right? I said, Nick's got to pay. <laughs> Listen, when your worship God is Jehovah Jireh, my God will supply my, what did we talk about last week? Some people put the words want there. My God will supply my need. Whatever it is you need, he's got it. All right? That's why our worship to God is so important. That's why Stephen said, he said, I see Jesus. Stephen was not dumb. He knew he would be in such any chance of him getting off the hook was shot as soon as he said that, Leo. He was done. But he said it because he knew that his God was there. And that's where the concern about hysteria comes in. When our worship to God is our foundation, you don't have to join in the masses of the craziness. We taught, remember we talked again about wisdom? Be wise, be wise. But don't fall into fear or stupidity. Be careful with that. So in our times of conflict, you're worshiping now. Now, God forbid, if something happens, we're told whatever, and we're not going to be here. And we're not going to be gathered together. I ask you, from 1030 to 12, if it's a nice day, don't go to the beach. Don't take a walk in the park. Will you spend your time still worshiping the Lord? Because even though there's not a building to go to that day, it's still the Lord's day, isn't it? It's still our day to honor and worship him. And that's my concern even about closing doors and things. I want people to still worship God. And that's the encouragement I give you. Is something change? Take that time. Worship the Lord. Because then you will not fall into the hysteria. And if you're there, if you're there, you can come out of it. You made the first step by being here today and tasting freedom once again. That's the joy of what God gives to us. Now, there's a final thing I want to share with you before we close our time together. Help me out, Abby, if you would, please. Is that third slide there, buddy? Our behavior during the conflict can be someone else's blessing or downfall. Like it or not, you're a Christian. You've got a label. Verse 60 of what we've read says, Then he knelt down and cried with a loud voice. That's interesting because the, the, the Scripture tells us when Jesus said something similar, it wasn't loud. It doesn't mean Jesus was ashamed, but I'm talking you what this said. And it said, he cried with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep.
I was looking at the stats from the swine flu, the H1N1 that occurred 10 years ago. And I was noticing, and again, I'm not getting, you know me. So if you know me, those of you who don't know me, I don't get political. I don't get into all the things, conspiracy theories when I preach. I, I talk about the Lord. But I, something I noticed very interesting. Back in uh, 2010, um, if I can find the number, I think the, when the H1N1 hit, it was 51 or 57 million people were impacted um, many thousands, I mean, I, I died from it, okay? But what I asked my wife, and she confirmed, maybe you guys can, and maybe I'm wrong, you can talk to me later about it, is I didn't see 10 years ago the mass hysteria that I see today. I didn't see that. I didn't see, I saw a concern in my court, but I didn't see this. And I began to say, okay, well, we're now in a place where our medical technology has improved in 10 years. I mean, <laughs> everything's open. You can order everything from Amazon. There had to be something that changed. And there's one thing that I noticed that Brother Greg Hubbard told me. And I just want to put this in perspective, okay? 10 years ago, the average amount of people that were going to church, they, that when they went to church, they went to church an average of two and a half times a month, all right? Ten years ago. Today, that stat is down to 1.3. There has been something that changed a month. The average person now goes to church one time a month compared to almost three ten years ago. Something has changed in the ten years. People are staying away from the house of God where they have their worship. Eli, you, you kind of inferred that on Friday night in our devotional. Give me a minute, but I want to just keep my thought on this. But, but I want you to understand something. This is why our behavior during the conflict can be someone's blessing or downfall. Because if we fall into the hysteria and the craziness of the masses, then they're not going to see anything different about the power of God. Because they weren't here this morning to see God's people worshiping him. If we act and conduct ourselves and say, just like that, and do not offer a hope, then that's all they're going to see. That's why I say, come on, Stephen, as they were stoning him, his, his last statement was, Lord... In a sense, forgive them for what they're doing. That doesn't come unless the Holy Spirit is inside of you. It doesn't. That's why it's important to keep yourself close to Almighty God through the great times and the tough times. Listen, people get sick and they die every day. Our, our brother Seth, which had nothing to do with corona, passed away. That happened before the announcement. Oh, the point I'm making is this. When you hold on, our behavior, how you conduct, what you say and do, is going to be very important. That's why if you come out with this spiritual elitism that they don't get, they're going to look at you like you're crazy. Remember something. The reason you're saved, you ready for this? I love this. The reason... It's because the Holy Spirit has brought revelation to your mind and your heart. Otherwise, you could read that Bible 
interpretation. And if God's not interpreting for you in your heart, you have no clue what you're reading. It's the same thing with the people who are not saved. They don't get it. It's okay. It's okay because for whatever reason, God has not brought the revelation yet. But maybe he's waiting for the moment for us to be able to tell them and let God do something. So understand the truth of what God is doing here. Stephen said, lay not this into their charge, Lord. And then he died. His last breath was a praise to God and a help to people. What's our comments been the last few days? Listen, whatever you say in private with your family, I get it. I believe I'm, I'll join you with you on that. But I was just with somebody, listen, again, uh, in Dunkin' Donuts, got a cappuccino, which they have lousy cappuccinos, but that's beside the point. They, um, lady was sitting right next to me. She works at Barnabas. And I said, things must be so crazy for you there. She goes, it is. She goes, I just can't get it. And, and she goes, how about you? I said, no, I'm pastor up the street. And I said, um, we're going to be gathering together for Sunday. We're going to make sure we pray for uh, you. I said, we're praying for hospitals. We're going to be praying for people. And she looked at me as if I had ten eyes. And she goes, but you don't, it's her words, but you don't even know me. I said, I don't know. I said, it doesn't matter. I said, God does. And I said, he's going to help you. And that's why we're going to pray. Do you understand? We, we joke at that statement. Because you know in prayer, people, we don't need to know that, but they're lost. They're waiting for the next words from the governor or president. And I'm going to go back to what you said. It was a good word. They need to get back to the word of God first. And you settle in what God says to do and then listen. And then you have stupidity, fear, and wisdom. Walk in wisdom. That's what the word of God says. So, my friends, it's, it's important to understand that Stephen is a great example of this truth. He gives us the things that the Lord wants to bring to us and to our family. Let me close with this. Thomas Paine wrote this. Listen to this saying. The, more, the harder the conflict, well, where are you? You can join me. Thanks, sister. Worship team, come on up too. The harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. Tis dearness only that gives everything its value. I love the man that can smile in trouble, that can gather strength from distress, and grow brave by reflection. It's the business of little minds to shrink, but he whose heart is firm in Christ and whose conscience approves his conduct will pursue these principles until his death. You're going to leave here in just a few moments. You're going to carry wisdom with you from the scripture that we've read today. You're going to carry a freedom that maybe we haven't experienced in 72 hours. 
Abby, put up that second slide, buddy. Put up the second one. Nope, keep going. I'm sorry. Keep going. One more. Thank you. This is what's going to keep you out of hysteria. Are, are you seeing this? I'm telling you. If you put the Bible away, if you put the music away, you're going to be riding on the edge of hysteria. You're going to be in the, almost towards the middle of West Northfield Road. Or you're going to say, I'm not leaving. Your worship to God is going to give you wisdom and knowledge. So my encouragement is if you watch one hour of the 24-7 news cycle this week or one day, you ready for this? I want you to take two hours to listen to music, Christian music. Now, if you just take the, ready, Jacob? It's good to see you, buddy, by the way. Yeah. If you just take in one hour of the news and you put God away, that's what you're going to listen to. Now, I love the verse that says, some trust in horses. And some trust in chariots. But Ronnie, and I know a lot of you, we're going to trust in the name of our Lord. If you just listen to the news and you put God aside, that's the only news you're going to get. So you listen to the news. Go ahead. Enjoy. you got to be informed. But I'm telling you, in the background, when you shut it off, start putting on a worship CD. Start putting on music that glorifies God. You can turn off the country station for a while. Because the newest song is going to be, I slept with my mother who had a brother who was that. That's all we're going to do anyway. Get rid of it. Turn in a song that says, how great is our God. Jesus is my living hope. Listen to them. If you don't know how to get there, go to YouTube. Praise and worship music. Very simple. They're playing like 10 hours of it in a clip. Take more of God in, my friends. Come on. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you because you've given us time today to not have to give in anymore, Lord. We don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but we know who holds tomorrow. So, Lord, we will follow what you say and what you do. I pray you would give me and this church leadership wisdom of how to conduct themselves. I'm praying for wisdom for every single person that's here and not here that's part of this congregation. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus you would give us the joy and the power of the Holy Ghost because we will declare in one voice that you are the name above all names. You are worthy of all praise. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Now, before you, you guys go, and again, we said the cafe is available. If you want to meet there, take those precautions still. But listen, we're going to sing. This portion of the chorus, we will let you know what happens. But whatever happens, as far as schedule, everything else, you walk in wisdom. You walk in wisdom. All we keep hearing is there is, there is light at the end of this tunnel. Okay? There's light at the end of this tunnel. We are, Pastor Jamie said it so well. If this is the beginning of the end times... If this is really what they're doing, you know what my feeling is? This is kind of like a little test run of what's going to happen when the entire world is scared. That's why they got to remove the Christians. Because we're interfering with Satan's plan. Because there's still a segment of people on this earth 
that are not as scared as everybody else. And they're not saying where my hope is going to come from. Is it a comfort government? My hope comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We're still here. We're still in the plan. So he has to get rid of us first. So remember that when you go out. Come on, I want you to lift your voice and just sing that he's the name of